I think business users, they're no longer tolerating applications that are complex, difficult to use, and inflexible. And then also for an ERP, right, one of their main advantages is to then cover the end-to-end coverage, be like the financial and operational core or backbone of a business. So in a sense, then you have to have all these other lines of business or departments on board, your marketing, sales, operations, customer support, and so on. So then for ERPs to remain relevant, I think in a sense, they need to be able to offer kind of a best of breed kind of experience to their end users. So in a sense, they need to offer this kind of, it's almost like a best of both worlds. Welcome to the Future of ERP podcast. My name's Richard Howells. I'm a Vice President for Thought Leadership for SAP's ERP, Finance and Supply Chain Solutions. And today I'm going to be discussing the pros and cons of best of breed solutions versus best of suite solutions with SAP's Jeannie Kim. Welcome, Jeannie. Could you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your background and why you're the right person to have this discussion with. Sure. Thank you, Richard. I'm very happy to be here in this discussion with you. So I'm the head of solution marketing for SAP's Quote to Cash product portfolio. So I bring over 20 years plus experience in marketing a variety of B2B software applications. These include everything from e-commerce and shipping and logistics software to SOX compliance, telecom billing, AP automation, and even cloud integration platform. So basically, in other words, I've worked for a variety of companies that's really been focused on marketing best of breed software. Now in my current role at SAP, I'm working from a best of suite approach. So in this podcast, I wanted to share my perspectives that you may find helpful as you also explore these two areas. That's great. You've certainly got the background to have this conversation, so I'm looking forward to it. But before we really get into the details, let's get some definitions out of the way. What's your definition of best of breed and of best of suite? So let's start with best of breed. Okay. And I must say, being in marketing for a number of years with software companies, you know, we're always looking at what are the best, the latest and greatest buzzwords. So for best of breed, also known as point solutions, you know, it's really about buying, selecting and buying the best software that focuses on a specific task or activities. And this best of breed approach has really been triggered by the rise of cloud computing, basically specifically software as a service or SaaS applications, where it makes it very easy for users to purchase it. They just go online, put in a credit card, and then they're able to use it right away. And then kind of another trend or kind of words that you may have, descriptions that you may have heard about is really the consumerization of business applications. So in your personal life, I don't know how many apps you have on your cell phone, but it's really, (laughs) exactly, right? It's so easy to sign up and then just like put it on your phone and then maybe use it once and you'll never use it again. So that kind of approach is being now applied in the business application area. So now on the other hand, for best of suite, also known as a platform approach, it's then when a single vendor offers a suite or an array of products that are typically focused on an end-to-end coverage of a business process. And so those are kind of the two differences between what we say as best of breed versus best of suite. I've also heard the terms for best of breed being a niche solution, which as in it's focused in a certain area, 
and Best of Suite as a platform solution where you have one platform which is all integrated and can talk to each other across the process. Okay, so what are the main differences between the two approaches? So in a sense, just looking at kind of the different applications that are out there. So for Best of Breed, again, you know, typically these applications are built around performing a specific activity or task. So it's almost self-contained. And the ones that are really successful are ones that are focused on helping the individual user become more productive. So what we call the productivity tools, you know, collaboration, applications, communications, office tools like Microsoft 365 or Google Suite, you know, and then even video creation and editing. I believe you're using that right now to create this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Whereas for best of suite, because it's all integrated and it's really a single kind of a platform approach, the applications that are really successful in this area is about looking at things from an end-to-end perspective because of the advantages of that pre-integration and having real-time data and so on. It sounds as well like you, you said that an individual or a department could optimize, but you could optimize in silos in that respect. And optimizing one area might have a detrimental effect on another area. I get the impression that isn't taking into account when you're talking about a best-of-breed approach. Would that make it be a true statement? Oh, no, definitely. Exactly. That's a great way of looking at it. Because in a sense, if you think about best-of-breed, it is almost a silent approach, right? I mean, even the purchase cycle and even the usage of it is an individual's going in, putting in the credit card, and that individual is a user that accesses that application so in a sense, you can almost look at it as a siloed approach. Right. And let's delve in a little further on that and talk about some of the pros and cons of each approach. So again, let's start with best of breed. What are some of the pros and some of the cons of that software approach? Then I think a kind of a summary way of looking at best of breed is ease of use of offering a frictionless experience. Because best of breed, at the end of the day, is really being driven by the business user or the end user. So the pros is that, you know, it's basically very easy to purchase and get started and be available immediately. It's intuitive, easy to use, and it really then focuses on a specific activity. So it offers full functionality for that one or that set of activities. But then on the other hand, then you also see that, well, you have kind of what you mentioned, that it could be a siloed approach. So you have to then, there will be multiple applications that won't even talk to each other. So integration can be a major pain point. And then as a result of that, then there's other things with a lack of integration, then there could be difficult to get real-time data, difficult to get a holistic view of customers. And then you'll have multiple UI, so multiple places where a user has to log in. So there's training difficulties. And then you have to deal with multiple vendors. And then again, what we talked about the mobile app, right? I mean, how many mobile apps on your phone do you regularly use? And how many have you just used once and it's still on your phone? So similarly for many companies, the one of the companies I worked at, even though the company there were 150 employees, I think they were trying to figure out how many applications that the company had that they were paying for. And I think it ended up with 80. 
and I don't think they were able to capture everything. You mentioned integration there as well. I mean, the reality is that you get new releases of software as well. So what happens with the integration when a new release of a the financial system comes out and it needs to be working with the procurement system, for example? Great point. When you typically integrate applications, then you're integrating certain functionality. And if that functionality in, let's say, your accounting system impacts the data that's flowing into your CRM system, then that integration may need to get updated. So in a sense, you kind of have this kind of a waterfall approach that if something happens at one end of the stream, and if that data is then being integrated and passed on to other applications, then that integration may need to get updated to make sure that the new data or the new way that the data is being formatted is passed through to the other systems. Which means that you have to, every time you get a new release of a product, you have to test those integrations with everything else every time to make sure they, they're still working. Exactly. Okay. So... We've talked about the pros and cons of a best of breed. So let's do the same with best of suite. What are some of the pros? What are some of the cons? So with best of suite, if you wanted to kind of sum it up in one area, one a couple of words, it's about end-to-end coverage and scalability. And best of suite a software is really driven from an IT perspective. And the most important advantage of best of suite is really that pre-integration. Your IT department does not need to worry about integrations. The platform provider or the vendor will need to have to manage that. And then you also get end-to-end coverage. So, and then what this means is with that kind of coverage, you have a holistic view of either your processes or of the customers. And, And then also from an IT perspective, it makes it much easier to maintain. And then again, you don't have to work with multiple vendors, right? So you only have a single vendor. And then also it's easier to really future-proof so that as your requirements change from today's requirements and then for tomorrow, best of breed typically only focuses on one specific use case. So that means that you may need to go and buy another application versus best of suite. It really then allows it really what we call in marketing, it grows with you or grows as your company grows. Now, the flip side of Best of Suite is then again, since you're using a single vendor, you may not have as much negotiating power. And then also the sales cycle can become more complex. And then again, because Best of Suite is offering kind of an end-to-end overview of end-to-end capability, then there may be features that may not meet the exact requirements that your business users may need. Okay. No, I mean, and that's the reality. I mean, I don't think any company ever uses 100% of a software package anyway, but it might be more extreme with the the best of suite. Okay, so I like using real examples and you're responsible for an end-to-end area of the SAP solution. So companies may be, or listeners may be aware that best of breed is targeted at a specific functional area or line of business, whether it be the finance department or the procurement department or the logistics may be broken down into warehousing and transportation, etc. But the reality is that business processes 
don't care about those lines of business boundaries, those boundaries that companies put within their organization. And they span over multiple lines of business and also multiple companies sometimes. So can you provide an example of an end-to-end business process? Sure. And how it benefits from a best of suite approach? Oh, no, sure. Yeah, great question there. So as many of you may have heard or maybe not have heard about this whole trend towards everything as a service, servitization. So let's kind of use that as an example illustration of what we're calling the quote to cash business process. So let's just say there's an equipment manufacturer and what they're doing is they're transitioning from a product company to a services company. And so what this means is they're transitioning from a one-time product sales company to really a recurring revenue model. So what they're doing is now they're selling access to its equipment using subscriptions, usage-based models, or outcome-based models. And so with this everything-as-a-service approach, then a number of companies are finding basically a lot of complexities in their quote-to-catch process. So what I think could be useful is then with this quote to cash process in this kind of a use case, then what would a best of suite approach really offer to the manufacturer? So one of the things is that then you have a single source of truth. So when you're looking at the quote to cash process, then there's a lot of master data that needs to be accessed, like your product catalog, your customer list, your price list. And so with a best of breed approach, then multiple applications may need that data. And so that data may need to be dispersed across multiple applications, which then- So you may have a customer master data file in your sales system and in your finance system for billing. Exactly. For example. Exactly. Then that then brings up maintenance challenges, right? So if you make an update here, then you gotta remember to make an update there. And then if there's real time data access that needs to be done and the change was made, then you get, things that are out of sync. So that single source of truth is a really important kind of a piece that you would really need to consider to have a successful seamless quote to cash process. And then another advantage is what we call automation of adjacent processes. So if you're looking at, I know it's a mouthful, but if you're looking at the quote to cash process, so the process of, you know, getting a sales quote, getting an order and then billing for it, and then, you know, settling, collecting the payment, collecting the cash, and then recognizing it in your books, then there's a lot of other processes that are impacted. So let's say an order. So a customer places an order. Then the adjacent processes that's relevant to that is you're basically fulfilling it. You need to deliver it. Then you also then need to be able to answer customer questions about it. And then maybe even need to do credit checks if you're having the customer pay for it after they use a service. So all those processes, if you don't have it in kind of an integrated end-to-end approach, then it's very difficult to coordinate that and difficult to get that visibility. I think it can get even more complicated than that as well, because I mean, I work, historically, I've worked on the supply chain side of things. And when you're doing this as a service model, you've also got to have a smart product that can capture data about how the usage of that product so that you can bill. But you've also got to capture data about the maintenance, whether that machine or product needs maintenance. Because if the product breaks down, nobody's happy. The customer isn't happy because they've got a product they can't use. 
and the provider of the product isn't happy because they can't bill because it's not being used and they bill based on usage. So it's also supply chain data coming into the process and maintenance data and designing a product right at the start of its life to make sure. And that means you've got to tie in the R&D process and the maintenance process and the sales process and the finance process to get that complete closed loop end to end as a service model in certain industries. You know, great point. I mean, like, and I think that's a great illustration of the advantages of a best of suite approach. Because at the end of the day, and especially with this, everything as a service approach or recurring revenue model, customer satisfaction, customer lifetime value becomes a key metric. So when you're selling something one off, then you sell the product, you're done, and then you go look for another customer. But in a recurring revenue model or everything as a service, then your revenue stream is based on ongoing revenue, ongoing relationship with your customers. So that closed loop system. So that example of whether it's fulfillment or whether it's really then or manufacturing new products, all of that to really satisfy or optimize the customer experience, you have to have that closed loop system. So great, great example there. And I would imagine that's true of any new, I mean, the as a service model is the hot thing at the moment. Who knows what the hot thing is going to be in two years time? And how do you adapt your business processes to address those challenges if they're not talking to each other, if they're not synced up, if you're dealing with five different vendors, I guess would be another argument. No, exactly. And it's not even five different vendors, but I mean, what if you had to go through the whole procurement process again? Oh, our business model changed. Oh, shoot, our current existing applications don't meet it. Well, then you have to go through the whole process of finding a vendor and then seeing if it works and going through the implementation, then the training and deployment and all of that. So so definitely, you know, in a sense, I think you can really look at the best of suite approach as a kind of a longer term view versus best of breed is a little bit more short term. So I have this need, I need something right away. And then I think that's where then the best of breed works well. But then the best of suite approach is that it's a really a long-term kind of a view of what will meet my needs today, but then also be able to meet my needs tomorrow. Well, I also think that the best of breed term actually does a disservice in many cases to the platform solutions, which may also have as just as good capabilities in certain areas as a best of breed product. I don't know if you've seen that uh, in your experience and since you've joined SAP, for example, is there such a difference between a best, quote, a best of breed and the appropriate and the associated solution within a platform solution? So what I've noticed, and this is probably coming from a marketing side, from a marketing side, right, the way to really effectively market your product, you have to have a sound bite and you have to have something where people can understand or appreciate the value right away. And I think that's kind of the best of breed approach. But what I'm learning and every day I'm learning something new about SAP and I'm just thinking, wow, there's so many complex use cases that the product offers kind of out of the box that I'm just completely amazed. And so in a sense, but then that means as a marketer, 
I have to really go into the details. <laughs> but yes. that's, that's a little bit of a conflicting thing. But I mean, the best of breed or best of suite approach is that it's really the details that really makes it different and that really shines versus a best of breed approach. You know, initially, people may not really think about the complexity or different requirements, but it's only once they get into it and once they purchase the product and tries to, and then they use it and business requirements change, then they're, oh, shoot, what do we do? Do we either custom code it or do we need to buy another product? Right. And the, the other thing I find as well is, does this solution have the capabilities to solve the problems that you have? It doesn't matter if there's all of the bells and whistles that if you're not using them, it doesn't make any difference. So what is the differentiator for your company? And can you address that with the solution that you're choosing? Is really the key question because 80% of the stuff that we do as companies isn't differentiating. But can I do that 20% that's differentiating in the solution that I'm choosing or solutions that I'm choosing? You know, on the flip side is that really for software applications, you know, in a sense, if you're looking at it from a productivity side or kind of an automation side, there's a lot of activities that isn't unique to a specific company. So let's say quote right. cash, right? Whether it's billing, whether it's managing orders, you know, kind of managing subscriptions or subscription contracts, all this functionality, it's not that like company A is doing something so different, so proprietary that company C is doing something very differently. We Unless they're breaking the law from a financial regulation standpoint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, okay, there's that too, but let's just say we're, we're all trying to comply and not yeah. really going to prison or jail. But that part of that, also that kind of that business process coverage is that there's a lot of things that is just standard. So why are you reinventing the wheel and so then again, going with the best of suite kind of a vendor, you know, their specialty, their core competency is to then offer, let's say, quote to cash for companies right. that are doing subscriptions or products or services. And yeah. so then what is your core competency? So why are you investing in either creating, developing, custom coding that? And instead, you really then spend, you know, the 90% of your efforts on your core competency to you know, basically grow customers and revenues and then leave that 10% to the vendors and the vendors yeah. who are experts in it. Exactly. Are you in the IT business or are you in the X business, which is where you make your money? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we're coming towards the end, actually, of the conversation. And I know you've been looking forward to this question, and I think I know where it will lean towards. But we ask all of our participants, all of our victims in the future of ERP, the same question. And it is, what is the future of ERP? So in your opinion, what is the future of ERP business systems? In essence, ERP systems, they've really been in the realm of IT and finance. And really, there's been minimum input from the end users or the business users. And, and I know from personal experience. But right. then you get stuck kind of using that ERP and as an end user, but also with the rise of best of breed software applications, I think business users, they're no longer tolerating applications that are complex, difficult to use, and inflexible. And then also for an ERP, right, one of their main advantages 
is to then cover the end-to-end coverage, be like the financial and operational core or backbone of a business. So in a sense, then you have to have all these other lines of business or departments on board, your marketing, sales, operations, customer support, and so on. So then for ERPs to remain relevant, I think in a sense, they need to be able to offer kind of a best of breed kind of experience to their end users, right? So in a sense, they need to offer this kind of, it's almost like a best of both worlds. I mean, I love the fact that it's not best of breed or best of suite. It's the best of the both of them. You're taking the best of both because I think from my opinion, the best of breed did raise the bar in the specific areas, but now Sweet vendors like SAP have met and exceeded that bar as well and provide that best of both environment. Well, Jeannie, thanks for a great conversation. It's been really interesting. No, thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation and maybe I'll get invited to a future one. (laughs) Absolutely. We have an open door policy. You're always welcome. (laughs) And thanks everyone for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast series to get regular updates and information about future episodes. But until next time, from Jeannie and I, thank you for discussing the future of ERP.